welcome to World Trend Music Radio and today's special guest, all the way from the US and still rocking and rolling, we have Alpha Anderson, former Lady of Chic. Hi everyone, hello RJ, how are you? Hey, I am great. I am much happier now. It's been a long old day, but hey, everything is good now that we have you on the show. Okay, we have a few questions for you, and I know that your fans in Europe will, these are the kind of questions that those fans will have wanted to ask, but were too scared to ask. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to run them by you anyway, and we'll see where we go from there. You happy enough with that? I'm fine with that. Fire away. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Okay, let's rock and roll. Uh, when did you first start in the music business, and how did that come about? Well, I, it, there were stages, you know, it was slow, incremental growth. <laughs> I began working in uh, some local clubs with some friends of mine that I had known back in Augusta, Georgia, and from that, I began to work with some other uh, probably local stars around the area, but it wasn't until I met Luther Vandross that it kicked into another level. And that was, that was a real fortuitous meeting. I just happened to be rehearsing with Lou Courtney, and one of the background singers said, there's some friends of mine in the other room. It's Luther and Fonzie Michelle, and I want, you know, when we're on break, let's go visit them and see if they're on break at the same time. And so I said, okay, cool. We went into the studio, and Fonzie and Michelle were, like, very effusive. You know, hi, how are you? Great to meet you. And then over in the corner was this guy, this large guy with overalls on with his head down. And they said, Luther, I want you to meet Alpha. And he put his head up and said, hi. And he put his head right back down. I said, either he's really shy or he hates me. <laughs> he, he must be just, I, you know, our spirits are not meshing here. So uh, about a week later, I was really surprised to get a phone call from someone. Luther wanted to know if he could have my phone number. And absolutely, I said yes, because when I, I heard this guy sing, and I like fell in love right away, it was like, who is this? Who is this? This is what, this is what I'm looking for. This is absolutely magical. And uh, we started talking, and we had such a rapport right from the very beginning. And I would go over to his house, and we would sit down, and, and he would play piano and sing, and we would try to write a little bit together. Sometimes Carlos would come over and Robin, you know, Crystal Davis, other people. But let me tell you. We ate. We, <laughs> Luther and I were both big foodies, <laughs> big, big foodies. So uh, we would eat, we would cook, eat, and sing. And that was our, that, that was our introduction. And he was also the, uh, he was fast becoming really big in the session work, session work in New York and in jingles. So he would take me on sessions. And one day he called, he says, Alpha, I have this session that I'd like for you to do. And he says, it's a friend of mine named Mel Rogers, and he has this group called Chic, and it's disco music. And he said, disco, Luther, are you crazy? We're R&B. <laughs> because at that time, I equated disco with 122 beats per minute and very, very um, formulaic. So he says, oh, come on, you're, you're going to have fun. This time I was singing pretty much as an avocation while I was really learning. And I was teaching freshman English at Hunter College. So wow. I, I, I left school. I left the college, got there, 
Luther was there, and David Lasley, whom I know, you know, was there. So the, the three of us were there first before the other singers arrived. And Luther came in and says, okay, I want a chicken. Order me some food. I came in, and I sit down, and I started marking papers. And David Lasley's just sitting very quietly. And the story later, Bernard says that he pulled Nile to the side and said, Nile? <laughs> this is a motley crew of people, an assortment of people. Are you sure these are the singers you want to sing background on this record? And now, you know, supposedly now said, trust me, it's going to be fine. So uh, we went into the booth. Well, actually, before we went into the booth, we were in the control room and they played dance, dance, dance. And we absolutely loved it. And the first note, I was smitten with the music of Sheik. And when I sang, I just tried to put all of my spirit and all of my essence, you know, on that record, along with Luther and the others, I said, because I was so loved to be a part of this group. Now doesn't know this. I've never shared this story with him. He's going to know it now. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to be. I, the music just, it just took me over. It was infectious. It was classic. And it wasn't. And it was a surprise. It was not the 122 beats per minute that I was expecting, you know. So um, that was my beginning. That was my introduction based, you know, uh, because of Luther Vandross. And they say time and timing is everything. Well, that, you know, the stars were definitely aligned. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> they were definitely aligned. Excellent. Excellent. That was good to know. I heard you mention now uh, Michelle. Was that Michelle Cobbs? Michelle Cobb. Yeah, 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 David Lasley, yeah, all those guys. So it's it's kind of I'm a big sheepy, and we're uh, looking down all the footnotes on all the albums, and you see all these names coming up time and time again, and it's only now when you mention it, everything kind of fits together, everything kind of sinks in. So the fans will be listening for the names and be going, yeah, I remember her, I remember him, and all that kind of stuff. So, so it's great to actually piece you know, piece the puzzle together. Great. Okay, Alpha, looking back, did you ever think that you would have the success that you did with Sheik? No, I didn't. I, I knew that I loved the music, and that was enough for me. <laughs> I absolutely loved that music when I heard it. And if you had told me that, what is this, 30 years later? 35, yeah, 35 years later. People still hear this music, and it's still classic, and people still love it. Never in a million years did I have figured that out. I could those types of things you can't predict. You know, you go and you do what you do with passion and with love and with honesty and let it go out into the universe and then see where it takes you and then you get joy from it. Absolutely. But I could I couldn't predict that that it would have been that successful. And I, I'm gonna tell you a, a short story about my mom who um, after I think it was when I was became lead singer with, with, with Lucy after Norma left. I think La Freak was one of the biggest records out at the time. And uh, I said, oh, we, we have a number one record. And my mother says, no, you don't. I said, yes, we do. Mom. We have a number one record. And I don't know what, how much you know about publications in, in the U.S. Uh -huh. There's a magazine called Jet Magazine, which was owned by the Johnson Publication Company. It's an African-American publication. And so a lot of African-Americans and other ethnicities, but basically a lot of African-Americans read Jet and Ebony. And uh, I said, Mom, Ma no, Mama is what I call her. I said, we have a number of records. She says, no, you don't. It's not in Jet. 
This is kind of like an, an add-on here to that question. Sure. There weren't the the usual traditional harmonies. There was a unison throughout those vocals. Was that difficult for you to get your head around when you're going, okay, where are the harmonies in this? Where are the harmonies? Oh, no, it's unison. <laughs> it, it, was, it was difficult at first, but gratifying. We worked together after a while so much until we actually knew how to do it. So when you sing unison like that, everything has to be perfect. You know, you all have to hit the note in the same space. You can hit the middle of the note. You can be a little sharp, a little flat. You can't, you can't do anything that anybody else isn't doing. The nuances have to be the same. The breath has to be the same in order for it to, be, to come together. And we learned that. We learned that working together. So that's unison singing is harder. People sometimes hear singing and they don't they, they think it's maybe one person. And that's a testament to the work that we did, because on some of the tracks, it's more than one person singing. Look, Creek, it's me and Diva Gray. And of course, Good Times, there, there's Luther, there's Fon no, not Luther. It's Fonzie. It's Fonzie and others. I've done not name names because it has been 35 years. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, <laughs> I certainly don't want to uh, uh, offend anybody or leave anybody out, but we really learned to do that. And the, well, we learned to do that well, and we learned to know each other's strengths and weaknesses. So you had to learn how to listen to the song and know what your particular strength is and what could you bring to this sound that would add something to the sound, but also be a part of what everybody else was doing. And after a while, it was like, we would sing it, and in the control room before we went out to, to sing in, 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 the mic, in the vocal booth, we would listen to each other, and we would hear who had a real natural feel for that song, and we would all move our intonation and everything towards that person. Right. And that's how we were able to get it done so quickly. Mind you, we never heard any of this stuff in advance. Right, so basically you come in, and, and, and Niall and Bernard would say, okay, then you're singing this. Right. And sometimes they would be, okay, let me just finish up these lyrics here. <laughs> here, take this. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I have a yellow, uh, a legal yellow pad with uh, some scratches that Bernard had done for, for one song. And that's what would happen. Okay, okay, here, let's go. Let's do this. And they would teach it to us, and um, we would work it out, and we would go and sing it. That was a little daunting. Well, 
at the same time, that spontaneity must have been refreshing. It, it was fun. It was refreshing. It kept, it kept everything fresh. It kept us on our toes. Because you can't do that, you know, if, if, if you don't have a cohesive group. And then later on, when I went to work with Luther, uh, we would be backstage and he would back, literally backstage, about to go on, five minutes from going on, and he said, hey, everybody, come here, come here, come here. Now, in this verse, in this course, I want to change this. I want to invert up here, and I want to invert back down here. And, and we said, okay, got it. And we would go out and perform it. That's because we'd had those years before of doing that. Okay, cool, cool.
what made you feel that this was the right time to record again? I finally decided to follow my heart. And that's the thing that made me want to do it. My, my sons and my husband also encouraged me. Uh, uh, my son would notice on his workplace that whenever he played, whenever chic music came on the radio, that people would literally start dancing in the aisles. And he would go up to them and he would say, do you know that music? And they would say, yeah, my mom knew that music and my mother played that music. And they would say, like, I remember that music. I, I remember those times. And he would say, well, that's my stepmom. And they would say, really? And so because he got such great response, he says, you know what? You are loved by people and you never, you don't do anything about it. You're just, you're just home. You're a principal. You've done the school thing, you know, but people really love the music and they really love you. And I, for a long time, had, had sort of shied away because I had gone into education because that's my second love. And, and it's interesting because towards the end of my career, I worked for the Department of Arts and Special Projects. And what I did was help find uh, vendors to go into New York City schools to help, help, help principals fund arts programming. So I was finally able to merge my, my passions, arts and education. And when I merged my passions, I realized that I really did love music and that there was value in music and that there really was a place for me and that I had a place in music history. And I'm happy doing that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when it's all said and done, you know, I, I'm very happy doing that. And you do look extremely happy. I've seen the run-up to the actual creation of the single, the the talk that has gone on in the industry about about you coming back, the potential of you coming back, what was it going to sound like, who were you going to work with, and people would just go, oh, we can't wait, we can't wait, and I just kind of thought, because it was only recently that I actually sat down and I thought, hey, wouldn't it be just great to get an interview with Alpha, and this is just timing nicely, and I just thought, I would chance Take the opportunity and take the chance, and here we are. So you did. I'm so glad you did because sometimes I'm a little shy, and um, but I'm I am approachable. <laughs> and that's great. I mean, I like the the bit that you shared when you talked about education, and for me that that's my second love also because I come from an education background. My my thing was my thing was math. Okay. okay. And then the music came in. The music's always been there. My first record was uh, the second album of Chic, and then that was it. That was it. I was. I remember the day that I first heard Chic, and it was actually Savoir Faire. Yes, isn't it beautiful? And it was. And I heard that. I can remember. I was in a. I was in a history class. I can remember it to this day. <laughs> and I was in a history class. And a friend of mine, like, uh, I think it was Recess, and someone had it playing in the background. I thought, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what an awesome. And then the rest of the album played, and I thought, who, who is that group? And they say, hey, man, it's chic. You don't know. Oh, that's it. And then I went back and got the first album, and that was it. That was it. I was hooked. Yeah. But uh, Facebook and everything else and social media gives you an opportunity to connect with the people that you've followed and loved for all these years. And I think it's a great opportunity that people will listen to this and say, wow, there's a lifelong fan 
actually interviewing his one of his idols. So, so that is great. Absolutely great. Getting on to the single, getting on to the single, Arthur. Former Lady of Sheik seems to attempt to redress the balance between Nile and Nard's music and yours and Lucy Martin's vocal, including all the other vocalists that you've worked with. Do you feel that people have forgotten your contribution to those amazing records? You know what? I have forgotten my contribution. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I, was, I got so caught up in education. And I got so caught up in, in what that whole whole thing was about and, and caring for children and and teaching them and, and nurturing them. Actually, we never called ourselves teachers. We called ourselves facilitators. We wanted to facilitate knowledge because it's not my job to tell you, teach you what to think, but it's to teach, show you how to think and to open you up. So I had gotten so involved in that that I really didn't remember myself who the impact and importance of the work that I had done. And it's when I began to realize it myself. So it's, it's a reminder for me, and it also serves as a calling card. You know, it, it was meant to be just a snippet to just see if there was any interest so I could go forward and do some other things, you know. But it's, it's a calling card, a reminder for, 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 for me and for my fans and for others that, yeah, I did that and, and I should own that. One of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is that I should not, no, no one actually, but you have to come to this realization yourself. How dare I deny one existence, one moment rather, of my existence on this planet? Absolutely. Because it all makes, it makes me who I am and, and I love music, and uh, I, that was a wonderful time in my life, you know, fraught with difficulties as every age in your life, in the ages of man, if you put it that way. But I decided that I wanted to own that. So it was more for me. And, and I healed. When I went back into education, I healed. It was a healing time for me, and music healed me. And then I remembered the music that I had made, and I began to reach out and to get in touch with people who taught me how much that music actually healed them and how much it went to them. Went to them. So I went back into education thinking that I'm here to help all the children. <laughs> so, and, and isn't that how it works oftentimes? It is. You're trying yeah. to help other people. Your intentions may be something, but you're placed in situations, you know, at the right time and the right place, I guess, so that something happens for you too. So it was so... It was cathartic for me. And here I am finally admitting <laughs> that I love what I do and I'm so looking forward to doing more. Excellent, excellent. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. All alone in my bed at night, I'd 
Alpha, it, it is a temptation for any broadcaster to talk about the Sheik days. But how did you feel when Nyland Nard announced that Sheik were disbanding? Oh, I that that was the part of my pain. And one of the reasons that I really sort of shied away from music after that, because I was I was really heartbroken. I was devastated uh, by it. You know, in retrospect, and with a cooler head, and thinking from the position of a, of, a, of a producer, I do understand clearly that there was this backlash against um, disco, and they had done some other records that were not as successful, and they had to make a business decision. A business decision is a business decision, and we all have to make them, you know, painful or not, you know. But at that time, I was so wrapped up in just the music and the friendships that we had forged that it sort of hit me, uh, it, it kind of blindsided me, and I was, I was saddened, I was saddened by it. Yeah, it was, it was a very sad day indeed, because kind of when we heard it in the tabloids and it came across the news, it was like, okay, someone's having a joke here. Okay, someone's having a really terrible, terrible joke. And then I called a few people and said, yeah, man, it's true. She can hold more. And I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, no. And it was, oh, it was, oh, it was a bad day. It yeah. was, it was a bad day. But, you know, things come, things come full circle. Things come full circle. Yes. <laughs> and that kind of leads me on to the next question I'd like to ask you, Alpha. We know that Fonzie Thornton recorded some of the guide vocals for the Johnny Mathis project that got shelved, unfortunately. Yeah. Did you sing on any of the guide tracks that Sheik produced for some of those other legendary recordings? I actually did some guide vocals for Diana Ross's album. Wow. I did some of them. I can't, and Fonzie did some, and I did some. I can't remember right now which ones I sang. The only one I can remember is the one that she didn't take. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. You know, it's a song that she didn't like, but there were a couple others that I sang on. So that that was a great experience for me, just to say, I'm doing this for this one. <laughs> and that was cool. That was cool. I remember the one track that she didn't take, and that ended up on the Real People album. That was I Got Protection. Yeah, that's that was, that was the one, right? That was yeah. I'm thinking the woman's crazy, man. Why didn't she like that track? That was so hot. That was so cool. Cool too. And and the story behind it is that she had done um, itching in my heart, tearing it all apart, itching in my heart, and baby, I can't scratch it. She had done that song, so this was the antidote to that. Right. Okay. Okay. Was powerless in a relationship. To a woman who is powerful. Right. Okay. Okay. But uh, she didn't like. She didn't like it. So, hey. <laughs> yeah. What she didn't get, she got in return. So it was. <laughs> it was all cool. <laughs>
And then, uh, but there's there are dimensions, and we all grow, and we all change, and we all are open to growth, and we're open to change. So you want to move along, and it's often difficult to move along. You know, I I don't know how you bring people along with you as you make these incremental changes. You know, how do you bring people along? But they just didn't like it. And I think at that time, Nala Bernard were thinking more about featuring Lucy and featuring me more as, as vocalists, and they wanted to do something a little different because remember, they came from different backgrounds. Yeah. You know, they, they, they were rockers and R&B, and, and I was like doing all sorts of singing, not necessarily professionally, but I've, I've always been a singer. I mean, my mom played piano, and we would gather around the piano at home, and we would sing, and that's where I learned harmonies and church singing and college choir singing and, and, and club singing. So um, that we wanted to be able to show some diversity. And strangely enough, it did not work. And, and the, the, the interesting dichotomy, I think, is that our, our audience has always been diverse. And we've been accepted by so many people. As a matter of fact, we, we were one of the first groups of color to look out into the audience and just see such a diversity and such acceptance for so many people. So our diverse audience was there, but they came for what we had. And when we tried to diversify the music, some of it had to do with the backlash against disco, but I never really considered us a disco group, even though we And this is no, no way intended to be a Christian disco or dance music at all. At all, I love I love all of that music, you know. But um, where was I? <laughs> <laughs> we used to, we used to call this sometimes. <laughs> I'm very transparent, folks. But when we were sometimes we would practice singing Luther, we would get in a group and we would start singing. We would practice riffs, 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 and and sometimes we would get in a riff and we wouldn't know how to get out of it. And we would call that being, okay, I'm lost in music now. I'm, I'm, I've got this riff going, and I don't know where to go. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this one gracefully. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Talking about the, the diversity. About yeah, talking about the diversity. You, you guys have sung on the most diverse records. I mean, even, even as a sheet project, you... You sang on Sheila B. Devotion's album, and that was that was a uh, that was a rock disco album, and and even that that was funky, you know. I mean, people get, and even today you hear um, you hear Spacer come on the radio, and people will just get down. And another one as well, where uh, Carly Simon and Why that that kind of reggae feel. But the thing was, did you ever hear the remix of that? No, I haven't.
Can you remember who sang the backing vocals on that? I can't. I can't remember that. Actually, when you hear the original, it's just Carly Simon singing, mm -hmm. right? All the way through. But on that reverse, it's the sheet vocals in there. Now, I, and the remix, these vocals are too good to leave out. I got it. Because it might have been part... It might have been part of the, you know, the guide track or the guide vocal or something that right. was left out on the original. Right. <laughs> okay, moving uh, swiftly on. Okay, you said that you went back into education and music was a healing process for you. What is family life like in the Alpha Anderson household? life is very supportive you know uh, I've been with my husband now for 27 years Wow. we met on Luther Vandross's tour so this was after she and I went back into you know Luther called and I answered the call and went out with him so I was one of his uh, background singer dancers for a long time and I met my husband actually we met on the road and uh, we've been together ever since 20, 27 years and uh, of, of putting it together of working it out you know <laughs> and here we are still very much in love you know excellent great news glad to hear it I'm really really loving family life and you know that was another reason that I was not in music for a while because we had to build you know you, relationships you need, to, you need to work on them and you have to build them we came from two different Everybody said, when we first got together, they will say, oh, it's not going to last because they're too different. They're, they're too different. This is, the, this is the lady from Chic, and this is the guy from the Red Hook Projects in Brooklyn. You know? But it's worked wonderfully. We've learned to, and to appreciate the differences that we each have and to support each other. You know? So it's been, it's a part of, it's been a part of my healing and a part of my growth as well. Excellent, excellent. Great to hear. Just can't be I, I am free. 
So, what does the future hold now that you are back? Well, I'm looking forward to performing. You know, I'm very happy when I'm on stage. I'm happy when I'm in the studio. Uh, I'm thinking about releasing another single. Uh, I'm, I was thinking about doing a, a ballad, a cover of It's Only For One Night. Wow. Because it reminds me, I love Brenda Russell's songs, and it just reminds me of Luther. Uh, who was also instrumental in getting me in the in the industry. So I'm thinking about doing that, and, and my sons have written a, a dance tune. I've only heard it once. I told them to submit it to me because I'm looking for material right now, and it's called More Good Times. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm, I'm proud of them, and uh, I want to hear it and, and, and see if it's something that I really do want to, you know, the title is certainly... Um, you know, they came with a type. I said, that is so cool. <laughs> so please, please submit that to me so that I can hear it. So I'm going to begin to to look at material. I'm going to do some writing and start releasing some singles right now. Cool. You know, and look cool. for places where I can work, of course, do the classic. You know, and in my show, I definitely do all the classic sheet stuff. And I'll do some of something from other people that I've worked with. And, and, and I had chosen, if only for one night as one of the ballads to sing in the show, of course, with one of the chic ballads, uh, just to let people know a little bit about my, my musical history, to know that I was also a part of that and that actually Luther introduced me to chic. So um, that's what we're doing. I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep doing it. Just keep, keep on doing it. Keep writing, keep growing, keep putting it out there and uh, just living life and loving life and loving music and being honest about who I am. Absolutely. I'm I'm an educator too. Absolutely, awesome. And and you can tell by the way you're actually talking and the way you're thinking about the, the journey. Now, uh, Steve Gilliland, a, a prominent kind of prom promotional speaker, he always talks about it, curing yourself of the destination disease and, and, and working on the journey. And, and that kind of is reminiscent in the things that you are saying that yeah. this this has been a journey for you, you know, from the early days, chic, yeah, the kind of um, with Tinker and, and the family and and where you are now. It's just it's just one journey, you know, and, and it's great. Absolutely, you know, they said someone said, and I can't remember who, change is inevitable, growth is optional. Wow. I choose to grow. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> And you're on World's End Music Radio, and you already know about the festival in Amsterdam in 2014. So it brings me to a fitting final question for you, Alpha. If World's End Music and the festival 
asked you to perform next year in Amsterdam, what would you say? <laughs> oh, this is cold. This is too cruel. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. The the fans will be stoked. <laughs> that is great news. That is awesome news. I thought to myself, if I add this question at the beginning and you say no, interview's over, man. <laughs> I just unplug everything. There's a problem with communication. We got a break up here. Oh, it's gone. Never mind. My bad. You're going through a tunnel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just about to go through a tunnel, man. We're going to break up. I think we're gone. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Great news. I will share that with the folks. That will be fantastic. I will forward you the details for the application for the festival. It shouldn't be a problem. I don't think. You heard it here first. You heard it fair first. It should not be a problem. Well, I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to receiving the application. I'm looking forward to following through. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds absolutely fantastic, Alpha. I've asked you all the questions. But I just want to make a statement. First, I want to thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Thank you so much for being a fan. Thank you for your support. Thank you for playing the record. And thanks to all of my fans, I mean, it's so heartwarming to have that love. And it's that love of, of family and fans and friends that that buoy me, that keep me uplifted. I'm looking forward to continuing this journey with all of you, with all of us together. Excellent, excellent. Well said, well said. We're looking forward to the video. Just before we we end we end here, Alpha, we're looking forward to the video. What kind of timeline do we have to the video officially being released? It should be soon. We were supposed to get a draft yesterday, but the videographer called and says we'll get the draft tonight. Okay. So once we take a look at the draft and do our little tweaks, it should be released, and we're going to put it on YouTube, and of course it's going to be on my Facebook page, former lady sheet. And I invite people to come out, and as I slowly, slowly come into the age of technology, I'm going to start tweeting. Awesome. Awesome. News. <laughs> that's, that's not major news. Everybody in the world, <laughs> everybody in the world is already there. But I'm about to join everybody and, and start tweeting, so I'll definitely let you guys know when that happens so I can uh, start doing that. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And we'll be there to, to greet you when you come on board, Alpha. So I'd like to thank you very much for taking the time out and agreeing to, to come on the show. And we will endeavor to keep in contact with you. And we'll probably do another interview when the single's out and the video's out. And, and maybe a couple of other singles are out there. Uh, if you just keep us updated on, on things that are happening, I don't think you'll need to because your fans will already know. <laughs> I, I definitely, I will definitely keep keep this communication, lines of communication open. So I'm, I'm again, my my pleasure. Excellent. And Luke, Luke used to say, mucho, mucho, mucho thanks. <laughs> mucho thanks. 
Uber fantastisch. Thank you, danke. Dank, oh, bitteschön. Hey, we're going international now, baby. We're going international. The German class is coming in handy for, for something, right? Klasse, klasse. Absolutely fantastic. Alf Randerson, thank you very much for joining us here today. And uh, I thank Tinker for setting us up on the, the iPad and allowing us to, to make the communication. And you have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Be well. We certainly will do. Okay. Bye. Come on.